It's the 7 o'clock hour, and you're listening to the Morning Blitz. Oh, are we on the air? Sort of, yeah. Rick Corey. That's I've right. Had... Keep trying to get out of it. Brees Hulse. <laughs> Bryce Hulse. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> Coming to you from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170. On Friday as well, 6.53 on the Blitz 1170. Still to come, Lance Walker from OSU Human Performance and Nutrition. Tom Gilbert writing beer and Brian Thompson talking Holland Hall football today here on the Blitz 1170. You're with us as well in the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma. Text line at 918-262-5072. Bryce also is in the next room. I'm going to ask him if he tried his beer in a minute. First of all, we have to get this from him, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. Fire up Huey Lewis for a trip back in time. It's today in sports history with Bryce Hulse on the Blitz 1170. Brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. Now grabbing the back of a Jeep while on his skateboard, it's Bryce Hulse. This day in sports history, March 1st, 1903, Major League Baseball Rules Committee rules that pitchers' mounds must not be more than 15 inches higher than the baseline or home plate. 1938, Federal Trade Commission orders eight manufacturers in the PGA of America to end their practice of golf ball price fixing. 1941, former University of Notre Dame star fullback Elmer Layden is named the first commissioner of the NFL. 1942, Major League Baseball owners decide not to allow players in the military to play for their clubs when on furlough. 1948, top-ranked NYU, the nation's only unbeaten basketball team, is upset by Notre Dame 64-59 at Madison Square Garden. The Fighting Irish hold Dolph Shays to 9 points, and Kevin O'Shea scores 18 for Notre Dame. 1949, former world heavyweight boxing champion Joe Lewis retires with a 66-3-0 record, including 52 KOs, defended the title a record 25 times. 1949, the St. Louis Browns, owners of Sportsman Park, Moved to evict the St. Louis Cardinals in order to gain a, re- a rent increase. 1954, Boston Red Sox star Ted Williams fractures his collarbone on the first day of spring training. The injury occurs as Williams dives for a ball hit by teammate Hoot Evers. As a result, the injury will force Williams to miss opening day and will keep him out of the Boston lineup until May 15th. 1955, Allen Fieldhouse, home of the Kansas Jayhawks, hosts its first basketball game. The Jayhawks beat rival Kansas State 77-66. to 1969, New York Yankees legend and Oklahoma native Mickey Mantle announces his retirement. Mantle, who slumped to a 237 batting average in 1968, finished his 18-season career with 536 home runs and a 298 batting average, numbers that would have certainly been higher if not for persistent knee injuries. The Yankees offer Mantle a coaching position on the current staff. 1970, Minnesota coach Charlie Burns becomes the final player coach in NHL history when he plays in the North Stars' 8-0 win over Toronto Maple Leafs, remains in roles... Uh, final month of the season. 1976, Chicago White Sox owner Bill Veek opens training camp in Sarasota, Florida, but participation is limited to non-roster players because of the ongoing lockout. 1983, Tamara McKinney becomes the first American female skier to win the overall World Cup championship. 1985, Milwaukee businessman Herb Cole purchases the NBA's Milwaukee Bucks for $18 million. 1988, Wayne Gretzky of the Edmonton Oilers becomes the NHL's all-time assist leader breaking long-time mark of Gordie Howe in his ninth season. Gretzky picked up assist number 1,050 in a game against Los Angeles Kings. Gretzky takes 681 games to surpass the record that took Howe 1,767 games to set. 1993, New York Yankees owner George Steinbrenner is reinstated as general partner of the team. Commissioner Faye Vincent had banned Steinbrenner from day-to-day activities with the Yankees because of his relationship with convicted gambler Howie Spira. 
1993 new, new expansion NHL team owned in Anaheim, California by Disney receives its name inspired by the 1992 Disney movie The Mighty Ducks. 1994 NBA referee Steve Javey ejects Portland radio analyst Mike Rice in the third quarter of the Pacers 106-94 victory over the Portland Trailblazers. 1998 Miami's Pat Riley becomes the fifth head coach to record 900 NBA career wins with the Heat's 85-84 win over the New Jersey Nets. 1998 as well, Mark Martin drives his Ford Taurus to victory in the inaugural NASCAR Winston Cup event at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Martin finishes 1.6 seconds ahead of teammate Jeff Burton. 2001, Jackie Stiles of Southwest Missouri State becomes the NCAA career scoring leader in women's basketball, running her career total to 3,133 points with 30 in Southwest Missouri State's 94-59 victory over Creighton. 2003, Roy Jones Jr. Become, beats John Ruiz, becoming the second light heavyweight champion to win a piece of the heavyweight title. Jones wins a unanimous 12-round decision to take the WBA heavyweight crown. 2005, construction for an additional 1,790 bleacher seats at Wrigley Field will begin after the season and will be completed in time for opening day in 2006. A deal was reached for expansion as the Chicago Cubs agree to pay the city $3.1 million prior to the start of the work and by contributing funds for a local school park and a $400,000 traffic signal system near the ballpark. 2006, Los Angeles Clippers hold New Orleans to one field goal over the final 20 minutes and an NBA record low 16 points in the second half of an 89-67 victory. And 2014, Wichita State 31-0 rolls to a 68-45 victory over Missouri State to complete a perfect regular season. The, Chicago, the, the Shockers are the first team since St. Joseph's in 2004 to enter its league tournament unbeaten. Birthdays today, March 1st, 1946, Elvin Bethia, Hall of Fame, Oilers defensive end. 1953, Thomas Hollywood Henderson, former Cowboys linebacker. 1963, Ron Francis, Hall of Fame Whalers and Hurricanes centerman. 1965, Alfredo Roberts, former Cowboys tight end. 1973, Chris Weber, Hall of Fame Kings forward. 1974, Stephen Davis, former Redskins and Panthers running back. 1978, Eric Flowers, former Bills defensive end. 1994, Tyreek Hill, former Oklahoma State Chiefs and current Dolphins wide receiver. And 2000, Jamar Chase, Bengals wide receiver. And that is This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. I think we could put together a pretty good team out of what you just read right there. You think so? The Elvin Maffei yeah. is the world, Thomas Hollywood Henderson, uh, head case, nutball. But man, could he play? You know where he mm-hmm. played college football? Where? Langston. Mm. 6.59 here on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. That surprised young man in the other room is Bryce Hulse. R- real quick, I-, I was thinking about this when I was first finally finding this list. Have you ever been uh, almost ejected or ejected as a radio host? No. As a radio analyst? No, I was thinking about that as you said it. I have I have seen officials tell guys to tone it down, okay. but never Bruce and I. Uh, now, Good. Bruce can get really emotional about calls, mm-hmm. and I understand. It was uh, him, officer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, but I have it now. I have had um, officials send me emails. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and occasionally parents send me emails mm-hmm. about things, uh, and I try as best I can to not get on them because I don't want that job. I think it's thankless, and I understand mm-hmm. you can't win. Oh yeah, unless you're perfect. And last I looked, most <laughs> of us are. aren't. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I I don't want the job, so I, I try not to. Now, occasionally when something is just silly, yeah, you can't help but not say, well, that's one of the worst calls I've ever seen. But, yeah. you know, otherwise I'm not going to wade into many of those controversies. But, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was thinking about it myself. And I can't remember who I saw him tell to calm down. It was in the conference tournament once. Like, I, 
think it was the Southern Miss color guy who was losing his mind. <laughs> Being loud enough, I assume. Yep. All right, let's take a look at not sports, shall we? You know that uh, <clears throat> that first in a half century moon lander that touched down on the moon? You know when it first touched down, Odysseus is the name of it, it actually broke a leg and tipped over. Oh. But it kept working. Now, a week after it landed or crashed, it, it is not working anymore. Uh, they said they got one last picture from it, and then they, you know, they actually it's they went ahead and shut down the power systems because it wasn't sending anything anymore. Now it, they said they can wake it up uh, again in a couple of weeks. That's if it survives in, uh, the next couple of weeks. They got what they wanted, which was to get it there, not quite as smoothly with the broken leg and the touchdown. But it did prove to them, all right, we're back where we thought we would. But it, it, it was only a minute. I mean, it seems like a minute anyway. It was a week. And then it has been gone. Uh, and as a matter of fact, somebody said by text, good night, Odie. We hope to hear from you again <laughs> as we night, talk to our friends. own satellites. Uh, have you been keeping up any with the wildfires in Texas? Uh, very sparingly. If you look at any of the stuff from down there, first of all, the the, the biggest nuclear weapons assembly plant is there and they have been doing everything possible to keep everything away from the nuclear weapons assembly plant as you can imagine but it is a massive wildfire that has now taken in over a million acres and wildfires win Hmm. i covered the one in creek county many years ago and unless you've been around something like that you don't have any idea what it's like it's Yeah. yeah trees explode like bombs you know and things like that it's it can be hard harrowing so right now out there they're just trying to get it now they had some snow start which helped certainly helped uh, but what they're finding is with all the fire everything looks like it's covered in snow because of the ash and then they're finding burned out homes they're finding cattle they're finding all kinds of things as you can imagine uh, we're talking about 4,400 square kilometers, 1,700 square miles, uh, and they, they only have it 3% contained as of yeah. right now. But the weather did help. And if you haven't been keeping up with that, if you don't have friends or relatives out there, it is actually causing weather changes in other parts of the continent because there's That's so much wild. coming from that. Uh, I have uh, This is a really great study. This is how, at what point during a meeting, do employees just completely zone out? I think this is really fascinating because as a dive instructor, I have to stand in front of people, both in the pool and in the classroom, and at the lake for that matter. And you know, you have to make your speeches, you have to you have to do your briefings, you have to tell them what's coming up. And when you've been in a, a session for a while, because classrooms and pool sessions can last three plus hours, when you've been doing that a while, you know when people have just left you. I mean, there's just nothing behind the yeah, eyes. It's they not, can't hide it. They pull the curtain back and it's empty, right? So what do you think the average time is for someone in a meeting to just zone out? How much time is it whenever you reach that point where they're finally done with that one of those slides <laughs> on the PowerPoint and they click over and it's a whole new slide with a with bunch just of as many things many on paragraphs it. And, you're, and you have that uh, like sound of just uh, uh-huh. what would you say about probably like 12 or 15 minutes in? You know what? You got to give more credit than that. It's actually 27 minutes. Uh, there we go. Over 2000 employed Americans were were surveyed evenly by generation so it wasn't just baby boomers or whatever it was a little Mm. bit of everybody 71 percent of them actually would prefer to attend virtual meetings yeah i think most of us would 
Uh, but they said 27 minutes, the general is you just you can't pay attention anymore. And it's one of the reasons we started doing something different when in my dive business is because I realized there's a certain point at which no one's learning. So mm-hmm. it's best that you stop here and you come back and then start again at that point. 27 minutes surprised me. That's higher than I thought it would be. Yeah. If it surprises you, let us know at 918-262-5072. I asked the other day if you'd watch The Sopranos. And you know, I watched a little of it, but I didn't watch it religiously like many people. But there is a diner booth, apparently one that was big on the show, from The Sopranos that's actually on eBay. Wow. And you know that, that happens as new companies many times are getting rid of things. You know, a lot of stuff from a movie company will go. I mean, you might think, oh, look, you know, that that got used and then they just give it away or whatever. No, it goes into a big, you know, gigantic mm-hmm. warehouse and they reuse that stuff a lot. Costumes, all those kinds of things. As a matter yeah. of fact, if you ever do get out to Hollywood, L.A. area, there are several stores that have that kind of stuff. You can uh-huh. go and they have things that have been used or worn in movies or other things that you can go buy. Props in some cool. in some instances, right? Well, this was really, I mean, this is a booth, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it's kind of a prop booth as well. Somebody, whoever owned it, got it on eBay, and it has created one hell of a bidding war. They are still bidding on this thing, and it is nothing more than a booth. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, what prices are we talking? Uh, well, at this time, let's see. Initially, it was up at three thousand. It had one hundred twenty-five bids initial, very quickly, and at this point, it's over thirty-three thousand. I was, I was thinking like six figures was yeah. what it was going to get to. Maybe well, it and it still might. They yeah. only <laughs> wanted three grand for it because literally, it's a booth. <laughs> I mean, you can say you know every you know the the guys and the girls sat here. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That one, one I don't shows, really get. Though. It's yeah. one of those shows. People, it is. People get crazy over it. Uh, the auction does not end until Monday at about, let's see, 9 o'clock at night our time. Actually, 9.02 to be example, or to be exact, our time. So if you'd like to bid on this, you still have time. Just go to eBay and yeah. type in Sopranos yeah. Diner Bitch. Well, watch out, though. You might get whacked or something. You might. If, you just you might. Know. Speaking of that. <laughs> oh, God. What a transition. <laughs> Sorry. You don't, know why. you don't know why I'm laughing yet. Yeah, it's a nice sagu. Uh, <laughs> so a woman named Annie Knight. She's an Australian content creator. She got fired from her marketing job. Uh, that's because somebody found her OnlyFans account, right? Uh, and so she thought to herself, what am I going to do? Am I going to just do the OnlyFans account? What am I going to do to, you know, to make ends meet? Well, she has decided, she's 26 years old, by the way. She's decided what she's going to do for her content this year is to, um, I can't put it the way she put it, have relations okay. with a different person every day for 365 days. All right. No, um, it's not all right. <laughs> it's not all right in any way. <laughs> she, you know, okay, it, will people watch? She thinks interesting? Well, I think I don't know. people will watch. I mean, it's a, it's a way to make money there. She's probably, you know, remember the, the what's her name that, that was uh, had started her OnlyFans and paid her mortgage in five yeah. minutes? Well, she's probably going to make pretty good money this I, way. I think I think some people try to, like, learn a new word every day for the year or something. Yes, now that'd of, be a good goal. You know, instead mm-hmm. of uh, uh, that. So Yeah, I'd like, you know, I want to learn a new language a little bit every day. Yeah. But no, instead, she wants to... Uh, 
get to work. She wants to. He says, "Yes, he wants to get frisky and naked with somebody every day for different people every day for 365 days." Uh, off to a solid start. She's there oh, as of right now. Nice. She's yeah. She's kept up, and, uh, and so you got she, the extra day too. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I hadn't thought of that. She got a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> What a way to, and you know what? I, I, of course, someone's going to watch. Of course, people are going to, oh, how do you make money? You know what? Make money any way you can. All right, let's look at some birthdays that are not sports. How about this? It's a big day. Ron Howard is 70 today. Man, and if you grew up, Yeah, if you're right, if you grew up watching him on Andy Griffith, like many of us did, then Happy Days and American Graffiti was one of my favorite movies and all those things. Uh, he really, I mean, what do, you, what do you else do you say about Ron Howard, 70 years old? Remember Catherine Bach from the Dukes of Hazzard? No. One of the very first women to have her legs insured for a million dollars. She oh. was she was in the Dukes of Hazard, and she was uh, she's the one who made extremely short cut off jean shorts oh. really popular. I see why. Yeah, 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 yeah. She and they so they interviewed they uh, uh, insured her legs for a mill, uh, and she wasn't the first, but she was one of the first. Uh, Javier Bardem, one of the scariest humans on the planet to just look at. Is 55 years old today. Lupita Nyong'o from Black Panther is 41 years old today. I'm telling you, big day. Oh. Donovan Patton, you recognize that name? Not really. Blues Clues oh. is 46 years old. My daughter watched Blues Clues oh, yeah, he's a the second lot. Guy. Yeah, Dirk Benedict, and you might not recognize that one either, but from the A Team and Battlestar Galactica, 81 years old today. Uh, who else? <clears throat> well, let's go down to some singers, shall we? Man, this Justin Bieber is thirty. Oof! It, hasn't he been? Wow. Hasn't he been on the market for thirty years? <laughs> yeah, he's thirty. He's only thirty. How that, is he only thirty? That, that is crazy. I mean, his twenties had to have lasted like thirty Tw- years. Easily. Alone. I mean, the, the guy's just thirty. Man. And just oh, uh, Kesha is thirty-seven. The singer. Mm-hmm. Roger Daltrey from The Who. Another one of those people is like, how is he not dead? (laughs) He's 80 years old today. Uh, Ryan Peake from Nickelback is 51. Uh, Let's see who else. Uh, Rob Afuso from Skid Row is 61. And that's a look at Not Sports here on the Blitz 1170. 710, got a text here about Kelvin Sampson we'll read in a minute. He is Bryce Sulce. I'm Rick Corey. We're in the Tulsa Oilers studios where anytime the Oilers are home on a Sunday, you can skate with the players after the game. We call it Sunday Fun Day. Take your skates, rent your skates. You can do either one, but you can jump out there with the players and skate with the Oilers after any Sunday home game here on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce. I'm Rick. When we come back, I'll read that text about Kelvin, and then I want to get into some of the uh, superlatives from the NFL first couple of days of the Combine. We've got some of the better performances here. We'll run down on the Blitz 1170. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The OSU softball team will be back at Cowgirl Stadium as they host Seattle. First pitch is at 3 o'clock. After that, they'll face off with Drake, and that one will start around 5.30. The opening of Love's Field in Norman is finally here as the top-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will host Miami of Ohio at 2 o'clock, then Liberty at around 5. 
And last night, the Oklahoma City Thunder lost to the San Antonio Spurs, 132-118. to Shea Gildas-Alexander led the Thunder with 31 points. Jalen Williams and Chet Holmgren each had 23. Victor Wimbanyama had 28 points and 12 rebounds for the Spurs. Oklahoma City will be at Phoenix on Sunday. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson on the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. That is our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, and some of you have already done that today. Thank you very much. You're welcome to continue doing that at 918-262-5072. <laughs> what time for uh, for you out there? What time do you – how long into a meeting before you zone out? Bryce had the – Bryce Hulse in the next room had the best quote. You get the PowerPoint, which everybody does now, and you get that one page with like 13 bullet points on it, and you're like, oh, Lord, God, mm-hmm. let's just get through that. And then they flip the next one up, and it has 15 <laughs> bullet points on it, and you realize, oh, oh we are in for it. Rejecting feeling. Nothing. Nothing will kill momentum quicker than a meeting. <laughs> Seven sixteen. All right. Uh, we, had a, we talked about Kelvin Sampson coming to, um, coming to the Lloyd Noble, and, you know, it's been a long time. Yes, the administrators and guys who work there and people who work there remember him. I'm not sure how much the, the players know other than he's got a really good basketball team. So I asked about how you feel about that, and uh, we got a, a text here from phone number 3552. It said, I like Kelvin Sampson, but he was always looking at other jobs seemingly in Texas. I uh, said, I get it, though. Basketball is never going to be bigger than football, just like at OSU, where basketball and football will never be bigger than horse riding. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you're talking about equestrian, they win a lot in equestrian. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that, including a national championship. And I'd responded with young coaches tend to try job jumping a lot more. He, he certainly calmed down. Uh, and uh, he he or she responds. <laughs> uh, but not about that. Uh, about the lady in her 365 days, uh, and it says, going to take her a long time to get there. Are you applying? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Little nanny. Nah. No, 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 no. no. Learn a new word. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm with, I'm with Bryce. I've been trying to, as a matter of fact, I was, my wife was going to go to the library and get me some Spanish language or some other language uh, DVDs and things I could use going to and from Oklahoma City. Yeah. Because we're, today's trip 15, that means we have 20 left after today, and so that's four more weeks, right? Well, Lindsay sleeps most of the way up and back, so it's just kind of quiet, and I don't listen to music almost ever, but I would do that. So we may throw some of that stuff in there. All right, I mentioned Shoei Itani got married, and he actually had revealed it on Instagram very early Thursday morning into Friday. And he said, not only have I begun a new chapter in my career with the Dodgers, I also have begun a new life with someone from my native country of Japan who's very special to me, and I wanted everybody to know I am now married. Uh, he said, I'm, I'm excited for what's to come. Thank you for your support. Did not give any other info at all. He described her, though, as, I thought this was interesting, quote, a normal Japanese woman, end quote. <laughs> and so, no, she's right. not a celebrity, he yeah. said, basically, back home or any of that. He said they've just known each other for a while. They'd gone on a few dates, and, um, you know, so... Um, yeah, I went to that Instagram expecting to maybe see some wedding pictures of some sort, but yeah, he just has that caption in English, and then the yep. picture is probably the same thing in Japanese, I yeah. guess. Yeah, so just very low key. Yep, I mean, and you know what? God bless him. You get a chance to do that, that you were able to do it, 
and no one knew, which, you know, and then Japanese media, as they point out, the Japanese media covers that guy when he breathes. Oh, yeah. So a huge base in L.A. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so to be able to get away and make that work uh, without anybody else finding out, I thought that was mm-hmm. good for him. And it probably means he had a lot of help, too. Uh, in, in getting that done, which I thought was nice. All right, so I said we wanted to get into some stuff from the NFL, and I have some, if you will, uh, superlatives from the NFL and what people have been doing and, and how well it's gone or how, how poorly it's gone, depending on the day. We know that Caleb Williams is not going to work out. He's not going to do really almost anything. He's not going to go through his medical. He's not going to do any of that. Now, he didn't have a lot of injury issues, so I doubt that anybody is terribly worried about that. But if you're about to invest millions and millions and millions and millions and millions, a lot of that in a guarantee, you do want to make sure this guy's healthy. So at some point, you've got to think he's going to have to give in, at least to the individual teams, and do that. My question is this. If you've got a guy like him, and he's, he's just one guy who is not going to do anything else, there's a couple others. If you have a guy like that, and you can clearly see the talent. You can clearly see what his skill sets are. And if he refuses to work out, although I'm sure he'll do it privately, individually, but if he refuses to do it there in front of everybody else, refuses to go through the medicals there in front of everybody else, is that a red flag? Or do you just say, well, he's trying to be private and we're going to do it with him anyway? And I wonder if there somewhere is a mentality they worry about of performance in a position like that, how many guys have gone to a, a combine and put up way better numbers than anybody expects? And how many have gone and put up worse numbers than people expect? And expe- mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, when that happens, if they expect you to run a 4-4 and you run a 4-5, well, you know, he was slower than we thought. Yeah, a tenth I, of a second goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, well, I, and, you know, I'm not saying that's – I mean, I'm sure it's happened before. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if they worry about expectations, not meeting expectations – and how teams approach that. Now, most of them are doing their interviews anyway, and they've met with people. And we know he's met with, what, eight or ten teams, Mm -hmm. I think, overall. So we know they're doing that, so they're getting an idea of that mindset there. But if you're the GM, does it bother you that they don't work out? I'm sure that I would have, like, an outlying feeling about it. I think some teams would have that. At the very least, like, are we supposed to be worried about this? Is this something that we're supposed to be thinking about? But it's just a matter of being able to pull the trigger on that. I I think that's what kind of gets me is uh, even if you're feeling a little bit stronger about that than you should, I mean, what what team is going to really draw the line and say that that we're not going to draft you because of this right here? Mm. I don't know that it would ever keep you from not drafting somebody. I just wonder if it ever brings up any any questions at all in your mind. I mean, put yeah. yourself in that position at 9826250072. That's a neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. Put yourself in that position. If you're the GM, are you going to demand the the person works out? Are you going to demand they they do their their medical right there when you know you can do it privately? Or is that going to bother you in any way? I it would create a thought in my mind. Now, I might sit across from him at a desk and have a nice conversation and realize, okay, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I do I do think there would be something about worried about performing in front of people or whatever. Do you think that his past you know, season at USC did anything for you in terms of him uh, staying and playing through, knowing that after three losses there wasn't really much to – to play for and playing the rest of the season when a lot of people, some talking heads, 
we're saying, like Emmanuel Ocho, we're saying he should just sit out and just get ready for the NFL. I mean, do, do you think that that says anything about kind of where he is in terms of a, a character standpoint that I think you can relate to a situation like this? Well, I, you, I didn't expect him just to stop playing. I mean, so okay. I, I'm not going to give him credit for just playing the season. You're, you're mm-hmm. supposed to do that. Uh, the one thing I think I'd probably give him credit for is how he stood there during those Lincoln-Riley news conferences looking like he wanted to explode but not becoming a bad teammate. And that's hard to do. When when you have yourself at a certain place, you have expectations, you follow this guy out there. And, you know, he may or may not think to, to himself, boy, that was a mistake. I don't have any idea. He would have been better off at Oklahoma. There's no question about that. But I don't, I don't know that he's thinking to himself that's a mistake. But you follow the guy out there, you go through all this, and yet you're not winning games like you want to win. You're not getting to conference championships. You're not getting to major bowl games. And when you do, you lose to Tulane. And I'm sure, even though that was a really good Tulane team, he's thinking, how did we lose to to, the, to these guys from the American? Yeah. So I probably think he looks back and thinks this is a bad idea, but I don't want to give him credit just for finishing the year. I will give him credit for not becoming a bad teammate. Uh, okay. I think that makes that makes sense. But if I were the GM, it would bother me that a guy doesn't want to work out. And I... Look, you can all day long tell me all the specifics about it's better for them this way, this way, this way. Okay, fine. I, I still, uh, I, it, it wouldn't do me any good. I would immediately have questions about guys from doing that. Now, there are guys who have been doing really well at, at the Combine. And if we take a look at some of the guys who have, one who gets mentioned an awful lot is Dallas Turner, the edge from Alabama. Mm-hmm. And apparently he started with a vertical of 40 and a half inches and a broad jump of 10 feet, seven inches. They said even the other linebackers were clapping for this cat. <laughs> so that it's not going to be as simple whenever he's rushing you and you can get rid of the ball mm-hmm. quick, right? He's still going to find a way to get 83 inch wingspan, oh. a 247 pounder. Uh, he's he's getting a lot of a, a lot of, of talk. So is Ger- uh, Jared Verse or Gerard Verse from Florida, and I thought he would Latu from UCLA as well. De- Devondre Sweat though really kind of owned the day. Three hundred sixty-six pounds of that cat, and he ran five two. Now, again, he shouldn't be able to drive that far in five point two seconds. It's frightening. Five two. And you know, he weighing at 366, which you're going to say, well, God, that's a lot. Yeah, but it's exactly what he played at. Mm-hmm. So he did not in the offseason just, you know, and get bigger, which guys do. Some guys get smaller, too, because they'll stop lifting quite as much. He is the second heaviest defensive player measured at the Combine since 2003. Uh, he's the second fastest defensive player at 350-plus since 2003. Now, you know, part of the article I was reading when it was talking about who was doing well and who wasn't said in there, you know, he's not he's not going to be for everybody. Really? You're going to tell me you don't want a not guy who can everybody. play in the middle at 366 pounds who can run a 5-2? Who doesn't want that? But someone pointed sure. out to me the team who said, nah, don't need a guy like that. Now, if you're loaded in the defensive line, if you've got, you know, TJ and his brother, you know, you've got the Watt brothers and they're both young, super. <laughs> Who in the hell wouldn't want a guy like that? I, that would 
that would bother me. You'd find a spot, right? <laughs> Another guy getting a lot of attention is uh, Edwin Cooper from A&M, and you might not have been terribly familiar with him because they weren't any good. Uh, he's 6'2", 230. He's played a lot of different places. He had a 4.540 time, and it was lower 4.5. Excellent for him, and he had a hell of a lift, too. So here's another guy. Watch for some of those dudes. There were some other superlatives of who had the best and the fastest times and all those kinds of things, but it was Sweat that kind of owned the day. Do you pay attention at all when they uh, at the Combine? Do you watch any of it? Uh, usually whenever there's some of those weird things that do end up popping out, mm-hmm. you know, like a kicker getting like 30 reps on the bench or something like yeah. that. You'll, you'll, see, you'll hear stories like that that occasionally pop out. But yeah. Unless there are a couple of guys that I'm really specifically looking out for, for throughout the days, not a whole lot. I, uh, I tend to like to watch because I just want to see how guys perform under that pressure. Mm. And there is, too. You know, you see guys, who was it last year? It was the Ohio State receiver who kept running worse times than they expected. And and they were surprised. His dad was there, and his dad was a hell of a player, and his dad was encouraging, which was might have been a little helicoptering from the from the stands. And the guys talked an awful lot about, you know, he just can't quite get there, and he just didn't. He seemed nervous. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, might have been. Just seemed nervous in trying to get the time he was after. When you watch guys do that, I mean, you you see pressure on those faces, and that's what they're going to face. So I do like watching from that standpoint. I do think it's interesting, too, how far we've come with watching this because there was a yeah. time when they would toss it on and you might watch a little bit, but now they, they're broadcasting almost all of this. And around the country, you're going to tune in to see, you know, when Chris Paul was there and when, when Tyler Smith was there, you know, around here we watched, right? You wanted to see how those guys did. Oklahoma players, and there's, you know, Oklahoma, oh, there's Oklahoma players there. You want to see how Walter Rouse and some of those guys do and how they run and what some of their lifts are. And then some guys will do part of it and they won't do the other. I, I, I like it because, it, to me, if I watch a guy's facial expression and kind of see whether he tightens up or not, that tells me a little something. Let's think about the the stakes and how high they are in mm-hmm. that moment for them. They are very, very high. You know? 728 here on the Blitz 1170. This is a Friday drive to work, and all you have to do is text us at 918-262-5072. Our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. We had one asking Bryce and I if we were going to apply to the young lady who's trying to have uh, <clears throat> 365 relationships in a year. <laughs> Respect, no. Respectfully decline? No. No, I'm not even going to respect. I just decline. <laughs> not even respectfully. 729. Let me tell you this respectively, though. I've got great news about over at Door Tulsa. They are back together. And when I say back together, uh, the company, when it came here, did uh, garage doors, regular garage doors all over the city of Tulsa. And that was the mid-60s. That's when they asked Frank's dad to come here and, and save a company that wasn't doing very well. So they moved the family from Ada, came here, and, and not only revived it, just started kicking, you know, <clears throat> around town. Well, now you can go down any any street in Tulsa, and you're going to find an overhead door. But as the years went along, they realized that commercial doors weren't being done right, and they, they switched off and started doing commercial doors, and they divested themselves of the residential side. Guess what? They now own it again. Now, this is fantastic news because if you've ever had a commercial door, and I have, done by Overhead Door Company Tulsa, you'll realize the level of expertise and workmanship 50-plus years from some of these people. The kind of experience you can't replace and the kind of things that engineers and scientists can't do. 
You got to have somebody who's been in the situation, and these people have. And when it comes to residential doors, you know, there was a time when you just wanted something that went up and down, but you can get these things now that are high tech and you can control them from anywhere and they're more insulated and they're gorgeous. You can get a really basic door or you can get one that you you roll up and go, dang, that makes the house look better. And they have all of it under the one roof. Now, Frank Sanders Jr. will take the same standards he's used for commercial for the last many years. And he's going to do it again with residential. This is really good news. So whether you need an opener, need a refurb, need something um, maybe just insulated, you need something adjusted, or you need it replaced, be it commercial, like the folks at Amazon, City of Tulsa for release and fire, or be it at your house, there's only one place for you to go. It's overheaddoortulsa.com and click on either commercial or residential. The Blitz text line is always open, 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The OSU men's basketball team will look to bounce back tomorrow after back-to-back home losses. They'll be in Austin to face the Texas Longhorns. Tip-off is at 1 with a 12 o'clock pregame here on the Blitz 1170. The Oklahoma Sooners will be welcoming a familiar face to the LNC as Kelvin Sampson and the top-ranked Houston Cougars come to Norman tomorrow. Tip-off is at 7. And the Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be at Temple tomorrow looking to get back above 500. Tip-off is at 12 with an 11.30 pregame starting over on Big Country 99.5. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We do, we do. We can also get you at the Oklahoma, the uh, Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Coming up in a 15 or so minutes, Lance Walker from OSU Human Performance and Nutrition Institute. We're going to talk resistance training in kids. Parents, this is really good. If you wonder about what they're doing, you know, at the high school level or even the junior high school level nowadays when coaches will take players of all kinds, all sizes, all shapes, and all genders aside, and they're going to start weight training, you might have questions. Well, this is an opportunity for you to ask about that with Lance Walker. And then Tom Gilbert at 810 this morning, he's our beer blogger from What's the Ale. He has uh, at least ostensibly, I think, tasted the uh, Troy Aikman beer. We'll find out, and we'll talk... March Madness with him, actually March Beer with, you know, St. Patrick's Mm -hmm. Day. And then Brian Thompson, he's the new head coach at Holland Hall. He's taken over for Tad Gross, who retired. And, of course, really, he's been there forever as well. We'll talk to him coming up at about 8.30 this morning. Did you try your Troitman beer? I did. I tried it last night. It's really good. Uh, It's probably one of the, the smoother beers that I think I've ever had. And I'm not just saying that if you're listening, Troy. Of course, Troy is listening, right? Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's very, very smooth. They keep, I mean, he described it multiple times as clean. I mean, yeah. I don't know what clean tastes like, I don't think, right. but what I, did, I mean, did you get kind of that feel? Well, because it, it was, even though it was smooth, I was still waiting for that kind of beer aftertaste, mm-hmm. kind of where you can taste like the alcohol and stuff a little yeah. bit more. And you never really got that. So that's what really got me is, uh, how it was like smooth tasting, but it didn't, it, it was, it's kind of like water. I mean, and some people don't, and some people like that. Some people don't, yeah. you know, it depends. Uh, but I'm a guy that I don't kind of like, I think pop was saying this the other day. 
I'm not super big into different types of beer yeah. and uh, this type. That's I'm like, I, I'm just pretty basic that way. And so, um, I definitely think it's it's one that I think most people will like. But in terms of uh, if you're trying to get into some more exotic things, yeah. then obviously it's not that. Yeah, and well, when you know when Pop said you know. He was talking about we had a former host who was a beer snob, right? And he liked a, a lot. And look, I'm fine with all that stuff too. I mean, if you want to go have yourself a craft beer, that's yeah, sure. good. That's fine too. But there are times when you're when that stuff is just like you know that's really good, but it's kind of edgy. And and, and and as he said, this one he thought was just very smooth drinking, if you will. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried it yet. I put it in the refrigerator when I got home yesterday, and I'll I'm sure I'll get to it yeah. in a few days, and we'll see. I will ask uh, him about the Dead Armadillo Brewery. Because I haven't been there yet, and I'm going there tonight, so I think I ah. so I might have to have to ask him. You know, he has yes. any recommendations? Yeah, so. get a, get a personal recommendation. Yeah. All right, at seven thirty eight here on the Blitz eleven seventy. All right, one of the funniest things that happened yesterday at the combine uh, happened with Tyler Owens, a Texas Tech linebacker, and, and during one of his interview processes, somebody asked him, and I don't have any idea how this came around, but he started explaining his belief or not belief in space. And other planets. Now, I'm going to play Tyler Owens for you here, but at full disclosure, someone was recording this standing a little bit off the podium. So it's not the podium sound, which I have not been able to find. You're going to hear the reporter and you're going to hear the question really plainly. You might have to listen a little closely to get him. Um, actually, you know what? I think I'll do this one thing first. Let me do this. The, the networks uh, took away all the microphone uh, uh, audio. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I just, uh, for whatever reason, I've just not been able to find it. All right. So here's the question, and here's his response. As you're discussing that you don't believe in. No, I don't believe in space. I'm like, you know, we're related. So I think, like, we're in the right now. I don't believe in, like, uh, playing this stuff like that. What, what, led, what led you to that point to just believe that? But like, I really, I thought you should believe like the heliocentric thing, like he's a robber and stuff and stuff, but then like, I started seeing like flat earth stuff, and I'm like, that was just kind of interesting, and then they started bringing up battle points. I mean, I don't know, it could be, it could be real, you know what I'm saying? Awesome, man. So he doesn't necessarily believe in space or planets, and he does believe the flat earth theory has some really good points. He said it could be real. Well, the 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 space the space and planets could be real. So <laughs> he gave it a chance, but does not really believe in it, and does oh. like the whole fat flat Earth thing. To which I saw John Hoover respond in a tweet: If he runs fast enough, does he go right off the edge? Mm. Which you know was something yeah. they used to think would happen. Yeah, if you're sailing uh, your boat, you know. And and he said, in in, in part of his quote was, "I'm very religious, so I think we're on our own right now." I don't know how those two come together. Uh-huh. Uh, he said, I just don't think there's other planets and stuff like that. I don't know. I used to believe in the heliocentric thing. We revolve around the sun, but he doesn't really believe in that anymore. Uh, Maybe he's thinking like a Truman Show thing. If you go far enough, I, you're just going to hit a wall. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Okay. Would that stop you from drafting the guy if he had outstanding skill, played great, his numbers were off the charts? Uh, I think he was supposed to have like one of the faster 40s in that um, position group, which mm-hmm. was uh, pretty attractive. I I say that there's only one guy right now that has said some crazy stuff, including that, 
and that's Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And I would take Kyrie Irving in, in, any, situ- in any situation. So if you're not Kyrie <clears throat> Irving, then it's going to be pretty tough for me. It, well, he uh, and then Patrick Mahomes is probably the only quarterback that I'd allow to put ketchup on steak. <laughs> so you know, if he can if he can win Super Bowls for my team, then I can let that slide, right? So it, it really the, the the bar is pretty high. It is for you. I you know I don't know that I care you know as long as he's not trying to cover somebody while looking up for for the not planets that aren't there. I wonder what he thinks the stars and things are and the moon. Oh, I don't know. What, you think those are big lights? Yeah. <laughs> oh man! So I, maybe it'd probably it would probably open up even more questions for you, right? Like if you're an owner, for yes. A, if you're if you're an owner for a team, you'd probably think, okay, it may not be necessarily this specifically that like I'm not going to draft you for, but it's just the fact that you believe stuff like this. It opens up so many other things for me where I'm like, I, I am uh, made of questions. Yeah, right like now. like yes. you are you yeah. are an interesting cat. I'm not sure if I'm. What go else do you not really believe in? Uh, how about mm-hmm. hey, do you not really believe in money? Because we can work that out. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. make, yeah. See, I'm, yeah, I'm, like I'm using uh-huh. it to my advantage. <laughs> right. right? All right. I have to know. 918-262-5072. Would you draft or not, would you not draft somebody or would you not even really mess with somebody if you hear that kind of thing? We should have used this year to do an experiment and have Caleb Williams go and podium and be like, I think cats are from space or something like that. And then it just. A lot of people would agree <laughs> immediately. I'm not sure cats aren't alien. Are you sure? I mean, I'm allergic, so. Does that have to do with anything? No. That provided it nothing. All right, 918-262-5072, Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma Text Line. Would somebody saying something like that, which he just said that exact thing, would that keep you from drafting them or even considering it? Uh, I'll look at uh, his position group here in a second. I, I was looking at some of the other superlatives for yesterday. 40-yard dash uh, at wide re- – no, the the overall the fastest is a wide receiver from Washington, John Ross, who ran 4.22. What happened? Jeez. You know, what happened to John Ross? I don't know. Well, I think Roma Dunze and some other things mm-hmm. happened to John Ross, and he just fell off the face. Yeah. But he ran 4-2-2. Kalen Barnes from Baylor, the corner, ran 4-2-3. Uh, I mean, these are some guys who, you know, and this was that was back in 2017. These are some guys who really, really, really ran really well. But that, yeah. that's just back then. Now you start looking at, uh, oh, like some of today's guys. Let's see here. No, that's not it. Oh, wow, this is interesting. You know who the fastest quarterback time has been? And this goes back uh, to ever? 2000. It's 2000. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this. Number two is Robert Griffin III. Number three is Anthony Richardson. Number four is Marcus Vick. Yeah. Who do you think was number one? Um, I didn't uh, even remember this guy until I just saw his name. Outside the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, um, I don't know. Lamar Jackson. Reggie McNeil obviously. from A&M back in 2006 at mm. quarterback ran 4-3. Wow. I know, I know. Never even, you know, honestly considered. I mean, I why I know who he is. I knew he could play. Pretty, never pretty realized. Good in six. Yeah, no six. Yeah, yeah. Because they were I, ranked. Yes. A bit. Yeah, they, they had a moment. Yeah. Seven forty-five on the Blitz. Eleven seventy. All right. Would you not not draft a guy or even consider a guy who has 
something along the lines of I don't believe in planets in space. <laughs> I don't know what else is along that line. I really don't. Yeah. But if uh, if that would affect you, I would love to know. I have to admit, I'd probably go, well, what else could be quirky? And does that count into your personality as such that it affects our football team somehow? Yeah. And then you run the 4-4-40, and then it's like... And you forget all, right, all that, whoop, right? Just let the sleep. <laughs> right. You're faster than a planet. You're fine. We're <laughs> the Tulsa Oilers studio. That's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Lance Walker, the OSU Human Performance and Nutrition Institute. Resistance training for kids. Parents, you have questions about weight training your kids? 918 you see that? 918-262-5072 here in the Tulsa Oilers studio. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Rich Eisen. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. We got college softball today as the OSU Cowgirls will be back at Cowgirl Stadium. They host Seattle. First pitch for that one is at 3 o'clock, and after that, they'll face off with Drake. That one will start around 5.30. And the opening of Love's Field in Norman is finally here as the top-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will host Miami of Ohio at 2 o'clock, then Liberty at around 5. And last night, the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City Thunder lost to the San Antonio Spurs 132-118. to SGA led the Thunder with 31 points. Jalen Williams and Chet Holmgren each had 23 Victor Wimbanyama had 28 and 12 for the Spurs. Oklahoma City will be at Phoenix on Sunday. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson on the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app.